All right, welcome everyone to the NFT hype uh, episode on mints. We're gonna nerd out on mints today, uh, Mike, and I hope like you're... Scott, like Scotch mints, English mints. What kind of mints? Scotch mints, today? man. You're aging yourself there. <laughs> <laughs> no, mints. I like English mints. Those are my favorite. Oh yeah, I haven't had yeah. those. What are those? They're like the little white, like round kind of puck looking ones. Oh yeah, yeah. Versus Scotch mints are like the like rounded kind of like um, the normal like ones you get in packs and stuff like that, right? Oh. Like, well, we can totally go down that avenue if you if you want. <laughs> uh, but I was thinking um, mints of NFTs. Oh, okay. Like uh, like asset IDs. And how right, that all works on the blockchain and uh, that kind of all that kind of fun stuff, and how so, we put this crazy value into ones that like came first for some reason. Yeah, so talk about that. Like, um, I remember when OS1 dropped, and I was buying cards that like I was buying you know certain characters, but I had no care or, or care about mintage or asset IDs or anything like that. And then all of a sudden, crypto slam dropped, and uh, I was like, "Holy sh- shit!" I, I I just spent a whole time collecting cards without even considering mints. Uh, talk about how you found out and and what impact it had on your collecting. Well, I mean, so I mean, none of us really thought about that at the beginning. I, I kind of like I've been in the NFT game for a while, so I had a, a clue about mints from asset IDs and stuff previously, but I just never even really like thought about sorting the cards that way and buying that way for for some reason. Like it just didn't really I did didn't really clue into it. But the funny thing was is because I didn't buy a ton of packs, so I cracked a bunch. And then I think I had a couple left and I didn't want to part with them because they just kept going up in price. And I was like, oh my God. So I just started buying cards and, and all the cards that I was buying were all the early mint cards that people were just dumping on the market because right. they were the first ones out of packs and, and they had no idea what they had basically. So I somehow ended up building like the number one base OS one set uh just by fluke of just like accumulating cards from basically never I, selling yeah i mean i just yeah i i think i sold like <laughs> like two and and i look at those two that i sold and i'm just like and i think i sold them for like 30 wax or something and i'm just like why like <laughs> but yeah. right you never know it's funny so and, when and the- so many people have the same store and like or like you see trades of like people that like traded away a number one for like a number like 50 or something else. And it's just like, why? Cause nobody knew right at the time, like mints weren't even a thing. And then all of a sudden crypto slam put GPK on the map and, and Ryan was like, Hey, you guys should check this out. And so I was like, okay, I'm cool. I'm hip to this. Right. I can do this. So when you found out you were almost like, uh, it was good news for you because you had accumulated all the early I was like, I was the number one set, (laughs) like literally like number one master everything. Like, because I just had such high mintage of all of my cards. Right. And, 
so I was just like, oh my God, this is awesome. And then people started challenging me. Like Kev started coming after me and I was just like, oh, I can't let this guy beat me. So then I just started buying more cards. And then and then uh, Zool started coming after me and then same thing, like I was just super competitive and I was just like, no, there's no way. Like I'm, you know, so basically like the three of us just completely just marked up the whole base category for OS1. Like it's ridiculous if you look at mint prices for os1 base mint prices are so much higher than right. any other like uh, rarity uh, across the board basically right so well let's let's uh, digress a little bit and talk about what are these mints for some people who are like uh who have no clue as to what they are so basically uh what they are is like like you said it's an asset id and in blockchain and in the way os1 was minted the asset ID of the card that's minted prior to card, let's say A is a mint number of a card, then you have A minus one, which was minted in real time before A. So that asset ID would be lower and thus giving a mint number to let's say Adam Bomb, who has 98 of them. The first one ever to be minted would be number one and the last one to be minted would be 97 or 98, 99, depending, right? Yeah, and it actually would be like one zero 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 seven three eight five blah blah blah, like some kind of random asset ID number. Which then we take that and then <clears throat> count them all basically on chain and deduct the the last one from the first one, and then you find out. Or uh, no, that's not quite accurate but basically it counts them all and then adds them up and says there's this many and it's x number of this many right and 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 the really cool thing for cards especially is um and, and i guess like comic books or a lot of other different collectibles is there's never been any way of proving the mint of right. something so like cards like they just run them off and throw them in packs and like who knows when it got printed or what number it is or right and some of them they do actually print mints on them and stuff um and and there's actually been some uh suggestions that we should do the same for digital cards is print digital mints on them and and not worry about the asset idea but for me that doesn't make a lot of sense because as a collector, I'm still gonna look at the actual birth date on the blockchain as the mm -hmm. verified mint. And I'm not going to um, see the value in something that was just put there by the publisher. Oh, I see. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going to value the actual data more than something that was just printed. So, so right. this is, this is, we can give this an analogy, right? Like in an old way of collecting and my, my pops in law, he likes talking about cars and he's like, uh, well, the, the, in, in Chevy terms, the Corvette that came out, let's say a pick a random year, 87. So a collector would be like, I got the first Chevy, the Corvette off the line. Uh, and then the last one off the line, because there's a finite production run. So the first and last are always... And they have VIN numbers. So they're right. all unique. 
Right? So is this is this and, comparable and to mint numbers? Exactly. I mean, it's a VIN number is a completely and one hundred percent identical to an asset ID number. It's a unique number that that verifies and itemizes that particular thing, whatever it may be, digital, physical, doesn't matter. And that's a very good analogy. Now, now that just kind of brings up an emotion in the collector. For me, anyways, it's like, oh, I've got the first one off the line. I've got the last one off the line. Does does that do the same for you? Yeah, for sure, a hundred percent. Or or like knowing that like I have some of the most rare cards in the OS one set because they're the earliest ones printed. For me, it makes like is a huge deal, for sure. And I don't ever want to let those cards go for anything less than what I think is their value, right? Like, I, I mean- They're already rare as it at, is. Exactly, and, and I just look at like OS1 like physical prices and I go, we haven't even seen anything yet. Right? So what would you like, consider a low mint? I mean, my goal at the end was anything below 10. Like I want like sub like one digit mint. But yeah. most of my collection that and that's I would say ninety eight percent of my base collection, and I think I have a couple of outliers where I think Kev has all the limits. <laughs> I need to make some deals happen there, I guess. <laughs> but uh, I think there's like a couple like twenty uh, sevens and like uh, maybe like a fifteen or something. Okay. So. Those are like the stains on my collection. On my collection. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but for other people, those like they would consider that super low because I mean, like most base cards, like OS one base cards, have six to seven hundred um, minted, right? So I mean, anything below a hundred, especially on crypto slang, gives you like a ton of good points, right? So I mean, like going to the OCD thing, of, like as far as me of trying to like. And, and it, it really all just was because I was getting pushed. Like if, if nobody was chasing me, then I probably could have just sat back on my laurels and been like, uh, da, 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 yeah. right? but it so, was kind of just like, it was on. Right. And, and the other thing was, I think that people were severely undervaluing these cards. So it was kind of just like, okay, well, you guys don't think it's worth that. Like, I'll oh, pay yeah. that and show you that it is worth it. You know what I mean? Because like, at that point in time, you were probably getting, I'm just estimating here, but you were probably getting like a sub, uh, a sub 10 mint for maybe five, 10 times the, the, the regular cost. And you were like, you made that trade off in your mind. And you said, yeah, five times that isn't that bad for that low mint, right? I was paying like five to a thousand wax for sub 10 mints, like off the bat. 5,000 to 10,000 wax. No, five, 500. 500. 1,000 wax. Like, okay. And, and that was a high, like some of them were like 250, 150, 100. Like people were pricing them really low to begin with. Yeah, they didn't and value them. And I was snapping the them up. Yeah. And then, and then, and then all of a sudden people were like, Hey, somebody's buying this stuff. Like maybe we should price it higher. <laughs> I already got them. You already got them. Yeah, I got a lot of them. <laughs> so talk about Crypto Slam. Like what is Crypto Slam and uh, what do you use it for and what kind of data is available on there? So Crypto Slam is one of the best uh, NFT uh, ranking uh, 
sites in the industry, I would say. Uh, they have quite a few projects on there. Um, lots of them are wax, which is really cool now. Um, I think something like 60% of the projects on there are wax now or something like that. Yeah, there's quite a bit in the top eight. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, it allows you to look at all the data about the whole set. So when it was minted, um, where, who minted it, uh, how many were minted, what, like, timelines um then you we'll talk about all the collections talk about so, what you care about the set rating yeah so the the collections is the big thing for me so there's a base um prism and sketch set rating as well as a master set rating for the os1 series and for me the big one is base because that's the one that i have uh the highest ranking cards in okay uh and i'm number one so I try and uh, make sure that that stays that way <laughs> as much as possible. <laughs> I, I was surprised and, you didn't bite on some of the dumpage that happened for the number ones the other day. Yeah, I just didn't have a ton of liquidity at the time. But yeah, I, I saw those Paul off on there. On I was me, like, so. Mike's going to buy that mauled Paul. Yeah, I could have, it definitely could have got more of those, but. I've been I've been focusing more on assets that seem to have a little bit more life lately. <laughs> Unfortunately, OS one is kind of drowning in OS two tears at the moment. It <laughs> yeah. seems like so. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I haven't been focusing on that, and Kira went ahead and got and snapped up a bunch of those number ones. Which, congrats to him. That's awesome. Um, Talk about Master I'm happy Mint. with number twos. I mean, but yeah, Master Mint is basically so the master, like Master Master, yeah, would be the first mint, the first card or NFT minted of any set. So basically, like the first one ever. Yeah. Right. And then the Master. Um, of say any a variant would be the first one minted of that variant and then the master of any character would be the first one minted of that character and then there could be like master variant character so different combinations of that right okay so like the master atom bomb is the first atom bomb regardless whether it's a base prism sketch or uh, collector's edition or gold, whatever. It, it's the first atom bomb to ever be printed. Correct. And I could take, like, most likely it's a base. And then you could say, you could say, like, master atom bomb prism, because that could be the first atom bomb prism ever right. did, but yeah, not so, necessarily. So the first, first prism atom, atom bomb. bomb. Yeah. Yeah. Or the first sketch atom bomb. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And uh, I guess uh, Which Mike just made a good sale of a atom bomb sketch recently. Oh, was there one? I think it sold for like 26, 27,000 oh, yeah. wax. It was like just over a K. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so Crypto Slam also ranks sets in terms of sketches or in terms of prisms, uh, B prisms even. 
It's actually quite, it's, you, you can nerd out quite a bit on these things, couldn't oh, you? Oh man, you can just, just, there's a data rabbit hole that you can just dive down like for eons, like if you really want to, yeah, for sure. <laughs> For sure, for sure. Now yeah. let's talk, let's switch gears and talk about like, okay, so there are definitely people who value mints. They're definitely a markup in terms of price on a sub 10 uh, mint, whatever it is. So there is definitely a premium to it. So therefore there is demand. And what we've been seeing on the releases are people rushing in to buy packs, to be the first one to buy packs, which is why we've seen some things break to get those packs and to open them up right away so that they can start minting the first assets on the chain, which means uh, first mints. So there's been a mad and rush, with, hasn't there? Yeah, and with OS2, it was really bad because for some reason uh, they decided to, well, there was, there was an issue basically and someone figured out a loophole and they managed to mint basically like every first freaking OS2 card on their account. So he got pretty much all the first mints and everyone was pretty choked about that. So that guy. I, I, this has kind of been a topic of discussion now as to whether we should pre-mint or uh, if the RNG birth on demand ways is the better way to go or some combination of the two. And personally, as much as I love birth on demand and like I just like opening a pack and having the cards minted at that very time for me is really special. Yeah. Because it's just it's just a moment that you can't ever get back, right? right. Those those cards didn't exist previously to, to you opening the pack. Whereas like if you opened a pre-minted pack, then like they're randomly sorted from some pool that exists on chain somewhere, which like for me, I could see that pool. So that kind of ruins some of the mm -hmm. surprise. And I mean, yeah, like you're still not going to know what the cards are and stuff, but they're not born when you open the pack. And for me, that's a huge difference. And I know a lot of people just be like, it's semantics and like, no big deal, like you're crazy basically. But it just it just means something to me. It's really special. I get that. I get it. Because so on one hand, you have, like you said, birth on demand. You open a pack, it gets minted right there, never existed before. It's 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 being minted right there. And obviously, time is a factor. You want to be one of the first ones to open up a pack. And then on the other hand, to try and solve that mad rush issue, you have the scenario where mints are pre-minted, birth, birth before, put into a pool. And then when you, when you open a pack, it goes and fetches those mints uh, randomly or some algorithm that, that selects them and then opens that pack and gives it to you. So I kind of agree with you on, 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 on the one birth on demand part, but there's also that kind of logistical thing, right? Like uh, let's say you fell asleep and you, you napped and then you missed the release, then you're screwed for mints, right? Mm -hmm. Or for you're, sure. you're paying a that. huge premium on, on the secondary for them. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's, I mean, that's totally understandable. And I, I definitely see that position. So for me, the, the, 
the solution to that is to do a 25% payment. So then you basically get, say, the top 10, 15 cards out of most of the templates out of the way. And they're sitting in a pool and they can be randomly distributed into, into packs later. And then you're still getting the birth on demand effect as well. And you're not re revealing the entire supply. So it's like that you leave a ton of the surprise there still. We still don't know how many cards are going to be printed. We still don't know how many of what X card is going to be printed because it's funny because a lot of people say, oh, that's a bonus because then you can price stuff better. Well, it's like that's part of the fun of pricing is not knowing if there's going to be 10 cards born mm -hmm. tomorrow. And like, should you price it low because it might sell or should you price it a bit higher because nobody's going to mint that card and then that's going to be rarer. And like, you might never ever be able to buy it back if you did want to for a lower price again, right? Like, so it's, it's I mean, that's markets. It's, it's yeah. the way they work to, to, to neuter them by yeah. printing X number of cards and making it a known supply, I think is boring personally <laughs> i agree with you i mean coming back to that 25 percent thing we'll come back to that but i want to talk to you about like the, what you just explained there about not knowing the supply of a card like for example let's use os1 again just because me and you are very familiar with it but um the sketch series of os1 let's say a sketches you have an atom bomb which has like 38 36 total supply and nobody could have known that until it was got to this point where almost 75% of the packs are open 80%. Um, so what that happens is it goes through an RNG and prints that atom bomb according to a, a RNG or a, an algorithm. And now we never know, no one actually knew how many atom bombs there would be. And on the, on the other side, no one knew that there was going to be only 21 uh, Booze and Bruce, right? So there's only 21 of those guys. Yeah, or one corroded Carl CE. <laughs> Right. One. And like, will there ever be another one? We don't know. And like, every time someone opens a pack, it's like, could another one pop? Right. Because it's like, it's literally the only solo card in the whole set. Right. So like, that's so exciting for me that like, that we just don't know if like, that's ever going to get a mate or not. You know right. And, I mean? and, like, and it's like, now that brings a, a different depth to the collection because you have certain characters like okay booze and bruce may not be the most popular character but all of a sudden he's the most rarest sketch that you can have a sketch right there's only 21 of those and i think mm -hmm. uh the other one is uh looney uh um i i don't know the the pink card but uh we weird wendy's low um mm -hmm. uh corroded carl's low but yeah they're they're there's certain card uh, well, dave is low, weird Dwayne wendy Dave. Like Weird Wendy is actually, so none of us actually thought about this at the time, but Weird Re Wendy is the only relic of OS1. Oh, didn't know that either. Right? It, the CE is a relic, basically, right? And there's no other relics in OS1. And no, like, I've never even heard anyone talk about this. It just hit me the other day when I was looking at OS2 relics, and I'm like, that's like Weird Wendy. Like, yeah, right? you're right. Like, yeah. Well, what about Except the uh, animated? Yeah, they're all animated. Yeah, what about that uh, TK one? 
the one with the meat. Yeah. Yeah, the meat one. That's cool too. But yeah. it's but, but what I mean as far as like um OS one goes, there's no other relics, right? And I guess same with TK, there isn't any other relics other than the meat one. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. 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 There yeah. isn't any more. But yeah, going back to mint, so so now I like that factor of knowing because when I was collecting, I wanted to know there there was uh, there was a a chance that there there were a hierarchy like so weird Wendy was at the lowest at one point and then all of a sudden um, new wave Dave was coming up to be the most rare but as more time goes on you don't know the mintage of them like who knows somebody could open up ten packs of GPK uh, megas. And all of a sudden, Booze and Bruce is no longer the the, the most rare A sketch. It's yeah. it's now Weird Wendy. You just because... have a, like a, a Bruce R and DJ, and then they, they pull five of them. And, yeah, and yeah. All right, like you just never know. You know. So uh, that that's another benefit of of the 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 unknown, not knowing the the full supply. So going back to what you proposed, you proposed that twenty five percent of the cards would be pre-minted. Now, does that 25% only include uh, sub 10 mints or does that include the entire mintage of the of the card? 25% total. 25% whatever, total. Whatever prints, right? I just, my example was basically that I would think that one to 10 would at least get printed out of that 25%, right? That's kind of my, my assumption. Right basically so and yeah most cards would be one to ten out of that let's say a full hundred and hundred k plus supply if you print twenty five thousand cards you're most likely going to get one to ten or one to fifty of most of them right which is perfect in my view because then you can just rng those out to the packs and then and then you have best of both worlds right which i mean i just don't see why why you wouldn't want to do that because for me like the, the this, this is a huge downside to pre-minting the whole entire set especially on blockchain because like i can see all those cards and that's it that's basically it that's my whole like premise is is like i don't want to be able to see the whole entire set before i open it why because it just ruins the surprise, man. There's nothing yeah. there. It's like like walking into like Christmas morning and there's nothing wrapped. Everything's <laughs> just out in the open, right? It's like, cool, I got everything, but like, now what do I do? You know right. what I mean? There's no- So it's like, like knowing one card would be the most rarest from the beginning. Yeah, and then and then so then what? So then you go, go and buy all of those, right? And then they get run up super quick and- this way, like nobody has that advantage or like, because that's the other thing, right? Like I'm a blockchain expert. I can go snoop all that shit and figure it all out and like, and, and take advantage of that, right? Versus like some noob doesn't know anything. They're not gonna be able to do that, right? So I'm gonna have an advantage over them because you printed all the cards. Like, and so that, so that right there says to me basically that like, you're doing it another way to make it more fair isn't really going to make it more fair especially if you print 100 percent of the card right okay because it's just going to give people like me an advantage and that's what they're trying to stop 
Is yeah, so what you're saying is that there's advanced users not be able to have an upper let upper hand, right? So what you're saying is that there's good there's plus sides and minus sides as there is now. And if we try and correct that, there'll still be pluses and minuses. So you know which almost... is why I'm saying that a compromise in the middle, or even a little bit less so, actually might be a lot better because that's just gonna work better for everyone. Right. Well, I feel as if the release itself, no like the, the, the people who come up with these releases, it's a design decision and it's part of, it's what their community sort of will, it's going to define their set, to be honest, right? It's going to define your set, how, how you, if you decide to make everything known, then well, you take the something other, out of it. Exactly. A hundred percent. I agree entirely. And like, I, I think a true collector wouldn't want everything to be known because it's just, it's not fun. Yeah, it's not as exciting. Yeah, I get your point right. on it. Definitely. Um, now let's let's switch gears again. Um, so okay, we got the fact that mints are valuable. We got the fact that uh, there's different distribution methods. Now, what do you think when it comes to using these NFTs? Like, let's say uh, 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 a set has a utility that's part of a game, like a Cogs or or a Nifty Wizard, just something like that, or Alien Worlds. Um, and all of a sudden, uh, one does mints matter in this case? Should it matter? Yes, yes, it still does matter, but not as much. And it's definitely more of like a collector um, OCD thing at that point, for sure. Like, and, and it's funny. It's really funny actually because I've just been uh, pressing some stuff for Nifty Wizards myself because we just dropped a bunch of stuff recently. And, um, and the way I did it was I kind of did a tier structure with uh, the, the higher mints uh, lesser expensive and then the lower mints a little bit more expensive while still trying to leave a little bit of room for people uh, on the upside as well. And um, I found that that's been quite well received. Um, typically what, what happens is that they get put out and then they get snapped and then, and then all the early mints get overpriced and nobody buys them right so it seems like this way a lot of people kind of get a chance to pick what they want and then pay a little bit of a premium for it which is cool yeah, um, there's definitely mint snobs out there isn't there yeah for sure but but the i mean with the utility it gives it a base value right so it kind of like never really will go below that base value because you're still going to be able to like with nifty wizards for example like I'm going to be able to use that sword to fight somebody tomorrow, right? Okay. And the next day and the day after, like, you know, as long as we're still around and, and, and both Curdy and I are, are committed to this game and to seeing it thrive and it, it's doing extremely well. So, but would you guys you know, consider, like, let's say a number 100 sword can do whatever the same as a number one can, but then the number one can. 100%. But the, but the number one can have a multiplier effect or something like that. Well, more like if like the number one, like say um, mint holders get an airdrop or something like that, will take oh, it into true. consideration. Or, you know, maybe at some point there might be some uh, some utility value in having a higher mint as well. We and speaking of- that too. Speaking of which, didn't Kevin Winger do that with his artwork, like where the number one would uh, entitle you to the physical piece? 
Yes. So from now on, uh, Kev's, all of Kev's number ones are backed by a physical piece. Yes. Okay. Which is really so cool. It's really up to us how up and to, and to the creator, how they value that mint as well too, isn't it? For sure. hundred percent. The creator and, and the, and the user, because I mean, they're at the end of the day, they're the ones that are going to pay the premium for that. Right. So, so. you're, so you're really hoping that uh, Tops uh, does something for number one mint basis or uh, <laughs> low mint basis, right? Oh man, uh, Tobin, if you're listening, bro, just like throw out a few more tweets. Maybe like, maybe a marketing campaign. Like, like that would be amazing. Like even just social media or something. Oh, like, stop. That would be lovely. <laughs> Stop. Oh man. Oh yeah. Well, uh, mint numbers. Let's talk about overall supply numbers then. So, um, OS one was 110,000. Then you have, uh, OS two, which is 400,000, right? 440,000. So 440,000. So now all of a sudden exactly four X the original. OS oh, was it really? Supply. Okay. Didn't know that. Um, and now you have maybe a little, maybe a little bit more, but yeah, pretty much on, on OS two. Yeah. Okay. So does that make lower mints in a larger set, even more valuable? I, I personally do believe so. Yes. Because I think that they are even more rare because there's so many more cards. Okay. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I definitely agree with if that. If you see me buying yeah. some low OS2 before this <laughs> interview goes out, then uh <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I totally get it. It's like they're more special, right? Yeah, for sure. And I actually snapped a bunch of low uh Tiger King ones too. Oh yeah. Yeah. All the sub 10 ones were ridiculous, so I was snapping like the like low 20s, 30s kind of thing but oh, let's still talk did really well let's talk about this now okay so that was one dimension of mints right is the lower the better we know that the last mint is kind of out of play unless you pre-mint a set because well that's the cool thing about some of these smaller sets is that's not necessarily true like i have a couple last mints of some of these smaller sets right which so, set like for example like hot cakes or like um uh, one I won't mention here, or uh, can't remember. There's a couple of other, oh, art tunes. I think I have like lasts. So, so oh. this could be like uh, what they did for OS one, the gold set, where they dropped exactly 25 of them, right? And uh, of each character or of certain characters, and you have the 25 of 25. I can see that. Well, where okay, happening. so here, so, so hey, Tobin Lent, here's, here's what you do for golds. Okay, hey, hey. Here's what you do, right? Tell us that if we complete a set, then we have a better chance or or we're entered into the draw to win a gold. There you go. Incentivize us to buy some cards. It's not a bad idea. Tobin, I hope you're listening. Right? Yeah, that's a good idea. So, okay. So last mints, first mints, now, what about numbered mints? Like, I've seen people loving 69. I've seen people loving uh, 88. I've seen people loving 
666, 13. So uh, the highest, the highest weed price in, in Nifty Wizards. <laughs> it's 420. Is 420 <laughs> wax. Yeah. Number one. Number one sold for 420. And the funny thing was, is that uh, Cypher, the guy who sold it, who's like, he's like the weed king. Because I guess he's from somewhere where it's like completely illegal and he can't like participate at all. He can't even dream of it. So Nifty Wizards, this is like his, his escape where you can like be the weed king. And so he <laughs> buys all the weed, right? So he has number one and sold it for 420 wax. Didn't even know the 420 reference at all. I had to explain it to him. <laughs> and he just did that by coincidence? He just somehow priced it at 420. Like, who knows why? Yeah, which is so perfect. Like, of course, someone's going to buy it for 420, right? Like, right. <sighs> and that's funny because I see some listings out there. Like, if you had the number uh, 88 card or something like that, they'll sell it for $888 or 888 wax or 8,888. So, there's there, yeah. people definitely love their numbers, don't they? For sure. Definitely. You know, or people like, will want, you know, the number 100 card, they'll, they'll want the 69 or so, yeah, there definitely is a number, like a mint, like a nice mint thing. Do you, do you want to hear people. a cool one? Um, so in OS2, uh, there's that, uh, that, that Ronald Reagan card, right? Uh, mm -hmm. um, and he was the 40th, I, I think it was the 40th president or something like that. And uh, no, you know what, he must have been earlier than that, but whatever it was, that year of the presidency, if it was the 37th or the 40th, that the mint number, number 40, for example, is way higher than, than average because somebody right. out there is valuing that number 40 mint because he was the 40th president. And forgive right. my facts if I'm wrong, I'm sorry, but uh, you know, there, there's people out there who would do stuff like that. Oh, for sure, 100%. And it's awesome, like, I think it's funny. I think it's funny that people will attribute that value and like, and um, they're all good. Like that's, that's their thing. Right. So. Yeah. Cause think of it, you have that now and you have, you own that and you can say, I own, you know, the eight, the 40th number, mint number 40 of this. And he's, he was the 40th president. So it's kind of like a story that goes along with it, isn't it? Yeah. Which is cool. It's really cool. I mean, I have to admit, I think, I think I have a couple six six sixes in my storage locker, where I was just like, okay, this is cool, <laughs> and that's it, and then, and that's basically it, right? It's like, oh, this is cool. I'm gonna get this, right? So, so basically, there is no rhyme or reason other than what us collectors put value on. I mean, it's personal preference for sure, yeah. a lot of it, right? And that's the other thing is like is you can have this amazing set and nobody ever is ever going to want to buy it unless you just find that right person that loves the same thing as you or whatever, right? Unless, you know, unless you price it to where it seems like it's a really good deal. But if you want to get decent value out of it, then you definitely have to find the right buyer for sure. It's, a, it's an exercise in finding the uh, uh, like-minded people, I guess, I suppose. Well, I think this was an awesome conversation, Mike. Uh, maybe we'll have a follow-up as the mint uh, debate or the mint uh, 
whole topic evolves because I think we're not we should, we're not at the end for sure. We should get Jonah uh, from uh, Atomic Assets on here and and Ben from Wax Floor because they're big proponents of the uh, the premint side. And it'd okay. be fun to have a little uh, mint debate maybe with them. Oh yeah, that might be. Yeah, we'll look at that. All right, man. Well, um, All right, buddy. let's sign off for now. Take care, everybody. All right. Peace out. Peace.